Welcome to Thoughtist. I'm your host, Rachel Walton. I'm a mother to three young children and an elementary school teacher of 10 years turned life coach. I'm deeply passionate about educating children and their parents on thought awareness and empowerment because I believe when it comes to achieving anything, thoughts are everything. Okay, so I am going to start this episode off with a story. So when my youngest was three years old, I was going about my day, probably doing something really important, I'm sure, and she comes up to me with this doll of hers, and she looks me in the eyes and says, Mom, make this doll's head bigger. And I kind of thought I must have heard her wrong. I was totally taken off guard. And sure enough, she repeated herself. Mom, make this doll's head bigger. I thought that maybe some simple logic would deter her from this goal of hers. But I'm telling you, the more that I tried to explain why this wasn't going to be possible for me, the more she resisted and insisted that I could do this and that I should. And this resulted in lots of screaming and crying. And I'm sorry to say that I did not handle this very well at all. As her voice got louder, so did mine. And we entered into this power struggle that no one was going to win. So she had convinced herself that the doll's head needed to be bigger in order for her to be happy. As ridiculous and illogical as that may sound, for her, it was very real. But the reason for her frustration was that she had attached her emotional well-being to a result that she had no control over. And the reason for my frustration was that I had attached my emotional well-being to a result that I had no control over. My guess is I'm probably not the only one who can relate to this scenario, right? And that means I'm probably not the only one who is parenting with a human brain. And if I'm being honest, I actually have a long list of things that I routinely attach my emotional well-being to like how other drivers are driving around me on the road or whether or not my husband remembers to do something that he totally said he would do or my children remembering or forgetting to put their lunches they packed into their backpacks before we get in the car and head out. So basically, I keep telling myself that if drivers could just drive safely And if my husband could just remember what he said he would do, or if my children would be more responsible, then I could be happy. Then I wouldn't have to get frustrated. So can you see how my quote-unquote need to control people and circumstances will increase if I'm attaching my emotional well-being to them? This is what I call emotional captivity. 
So it's like I'm handing my happiness key over to someone else or something else. And I'm giving that person or that circumstance the responsibility and the power of letting me out of my cage of frustration and unhappiness. It's just not very effective. So do I have any Disney fanatics listening? There is a ride called the Pirates of the Caribbean, and you go through this like winding river and you see all these awesome pirate scenes. It's one of my favorites. But there's a part of the ride where you see this prisoner with his fellow prisoners and there's a dog that has the keys to open their cage and he's just, you know, a few feet away. And the this one prisoner has this bone and he's just waving it around trying to get the dog to come over. And that's what I think of when I think of emotional captivity. We are giving our keys to somebody outside of us, outside of where we are. And we're just trying to manipulate and control the circumstance or the person that has our key so we can have it back. But what I want you to always remember, and sometimes it's hard to remember this, I forget this quite often, that key to your happiness, to your emotions, it is yours and you get to keep it. And you don't ever have to give it away to anyone else or anything else, ever. And this is such good news. It means that we get to choose emotional freedom and we get to choose it as often as we want to. Now, I actually sometimes choose to be sad or disappointed because those feelings are part of my human experience and I sometimes want to feel those feelings. But I don't think I ever intentionally choose to be angry or resentful. In my personal experience, those kinds of emotions usually come from being in emotional captivity. And controlling or trying to control others or circumstances, that is an option. We can do that. But Also in my personal experience, I find that it usually comes with an unwanted cost. I could continue to ask my kids every single day before we walk out of the door, do you have your lunch? And I could even go drive it to the school for them if they forget it. I may have actually done that before. But what am I robbing them of? And what am I robbing myself of? Do I want them to have to depend on me for that? Or would I rather have them learn how to take ownership and become independent? So I'm going to pose a question to you. I I want you to think about this. Where does controlling behavior come from? So if you listened to my first episode, I talk about the ripple. I talk about how we have circumstances and we have thoughts about those circumstances. And when we have a thought about a circumstance, it creates a feeling. And when we have that feeling, it creates our actions and our actions create our results. So basically, it's a ripple starting from a thought that we choose to think about a circumstance. 
So I'd like to zero in on the feelings part of the ripple because the feeling is what comes right before we take action. So for taking controlling actions, those actions are coming from feelings that we're feeling. So some of the feelings, as I've studied about human behavior, some of the feelings that create controlling actions would be like scarcity. Okay, If you think back on the beginning of the pandemic and how all the toilet paper disappeared, that came from a feeling of scarcity. People were feeling that scarcity and imagining how terrible it would be if they didn't have toilet paper. And so they would go and try and control and um, control that circumstance by buying up as much as they could. Another one is fear. So this happens for me when I'm running a little late and one of my kids needs to go to the bathroom when we are already buckled in the car and ready to go. And I often try and control this by acting annoyed with them or when they finally go to the bathroom and get back in the car, I drive a little faster than I probably should because I am afraid of being late. I have fear around that. And so I take these controlling actions. And then another one is powerlessness. So this often is a feeling that happens because of the thoughts I'm thinking when my kids are fighting and I just want them to stop it and I will just do anything to make them stop fighting. So I try and control it from a very panicky energy or when they're having tantrums or even just like upset about something. Sometimes I try and control that by minimizing what they're going through. Like saying things like, I think you're going to be okay, or let's change the subject. Let's talk about something else. Um, So I don't know if any of you can relate to having these feelings and taking these kinds of actions, but for me, it's been really good to notice this about myself and not feel ashamed about it, but just get curious about it. So again, all these feelings, which are coming from thoughts, keep me stuck in kind of a control mode. I'm sure you've heard the term control freak. And we kind of joke about that, right? Like, I'm such a control freak sometimes. Um, Or we say that about other people. But really, none of us want to be control freaks when it comes down to it. I mean, I guess if you do, you can stop listening to this podcast because I'm going to teach you how to make what I call a control tweak. I know it's a little cheesy, but I bet you'll remember it because of that. So what is a control tweak? Basically, it's a way to shift the control that you're trying to have to something useful and powerful and to where you actually do have true control. You're just going to like redirect it to something more productive. And this applies to all relationships and circumstances. Could be like a rainy day or traffic or anything you might label as bad luck or your relationship with your spouse or your children or sister-in-law. You get the idea, right? So there are four steps to a control tweak. And we're going to go through each of those. The first one 
is to take notice. So you're going to start by bringing awareness to your behavior and your feelings. You're just going to notice and catch yourself when you're in that energy of control. So a good question to ask yourself is, how am I feeling right now? Why am I taking these actions? Most likely you're going to be feeling feelings of like panic or frustration, anxiety, maybe some tension, some pressure, or the ones that I talked about earlier, like scarcity or fear or powerlessness. So that's the first step is to take notice. You just have to catch yourself. The second step is to take your key back. You're going to shift the control you've directed at things outside of you and you're going to remind yourself where you have the most control and that is a space inside of you. If you learn how to detach your emotional well-being from the people or circumstances around you, you won't be in such a hurry to try and fix them. When we're trying to fix them in this energy, it's like a desperate attempt to feel better. So when we can let go of that, then we're able to take action from a much clearer space in our brains. Okay, so the first two steps again, take notice, take your key back, and the third one is take a deep breath. So how does taking a deep breath help? I actually looked it up for you because I wanted to give you some good verbiage around this, and I'm going to read what it said when I typed this into the search engine. It says deep abdominal breathing, abdominal, like the abominable snowman. Okay. Let me try that again. (laughs) Deep abdominal breathing encourages full oxygen exchange. That is the beneficial trade of incoming oxygen for outgoing carbon dioxide. Not surprisingly, it can slow the heartbeat and lower or stabilize blood pressure. Breath focus aids you in disengaging from distracting thoughts and sensations. So just take a deep breath or more than one, but at least one, but make sure it's a good one, like nice and deep and slow. I promise you this does wonders. Okay, so again, the the first three steps to our control tweak. Take notice, take your key back, take a deep breath, and the last one, step number four, is take advantage. I'm not trying to be some kind of Pollyanna here. I have been accused of that before, but I really do believe in the concept of the silver lining. And... If you can't find it, if you can't find that silver lining, what if you could just create it? So here are some questions that you can ask yourself to actually create a silver lining. What are some optional ways of experiencing this? Just put your brain to work on that and you will be so surprised at what your brain comes up with. Another one is, how can I get to a clear place so I can handle this calmly? That's a good question, isn't it? And another one, how would my highest self show up in this moment? So if you have gone through all of those steps, 
and you're asking yourself these questions, you are setting yourself up to put your control in the right place, to tweak it and put it in the place where it's going to be the most effective, the most productive, and it's going to feel so much better than feeling out of control by controlling things that you can't control, by trying to control things that you can't control. So now you have the four steps of making a control tweak. When would it be a good time to use a control tweak? Maybe when your toddler is screaming at the top of his lungs for some irrational reason, or when you are late for school pickup and you get stuck behind two trucks that are trying to get ahead of each other, or when everyone seems to need you at the same time and you are completely exhausted, or maybe when your son is unhappy with a consequence that you gave him for his behavior And he takes a stick, breaks it in half, and tells you that the stick was you. And then he goes over to your freshly mulched flower beds and throws handfuls of gravel in them. I just may be speaking from personal experience here. But practicing control tweaks is so much more effective than exhausting yourself trying to control the people and circumstances around you. I promise you, this is true. I've experienced it over and over again in my life. But what if you do want to change the world? And what if you do want to hope that people can change? Guess what? I want to change the world. And I also hope that people can change. And I'm not trying to take that away from anybody. I will always stand by the idea that the only place we have ultimate control is within our own ripples that we create. So our thoughts and our feelings and our actions, which then create our results. I'm sure that you have noticed that we can't always control our circumstances or the people around us, but we can create conditions for change. And I think I'm going to need another full podcast episode on this, but I just wanted to touch on it a little bit before we end here today. I want to point out the difference between creating conditions for change versus trying to control so that things will change. Creating conditions involves things like teaching, encouraging, and inspiring. And that's different than trying to control for change. When we're trying to control, our actions are more along the lines of coercion or convincing, or even manipulating. And oftentimes, we become somebody who we don't truly want to be when we are in that energy. So again, we just want to shift that a little bit and get to the space where we're trying to create conditions in a really loving, powerful way. So go practice some control tweaking. See what it does for you. It doesn't mean you're going to nail it every time. I certainly don't. And I've actually done a lot of practice on making peace with that fact. The fact that I'm probably not going to perfectly master this in my lifetime. And that's okay. But I can tell you that I have made so much progress. And I've done that by shifting my control from things outside of me to things inside of me. 
So just as a recap, take notice, take your key back, take a deep breath or a few, and take advantage. So now I'm going to try and create some conditions that encourage you to come join me on my next episode. I'm going to be talking about how to feel emotions all the way through. And I view this as one of the most valuable skills you can learn in this lifetime. And I've got a really effective process that I've come up with to do this. So it's something that I've taught myself and also my clients. And now I want to share it with you.